feminist friends and welcome to Real Feminism, the podcast where we discuss films from an intersectional feminist perspective. I'm your host Jo and today I'm joined by two fabulous co-hosts, Aman and Hadvig. Hey! Hello! Today we're going to chat about The Matrix, but first let's have a little chat to see how everyone's doing. Aman hasn't been on here so far this season and she's in a new home! I know! It's so weird. What is weird is where you don't have to cram all your stuff in one room anymore and that you have a whole house to put shit in. So like yeah. all my like garage, which was turned into a study, is just a shoe room <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> like it's crazy. And also how many sofas you need and armchairs. And, but it's brilliant. So I'm loving it. Yeah. Well, yeah, when I moved out of home, I was like, oh, we need furniture. I don't own any furniture. I've never had to own this. It was just in the house. Now I've got to buy it. Yeah, I know. No, it's been brilliant. The only thing is that it comes all in cardboard boxes. So shoe room is slash cardboard box room. I didn't realise you were a big shoe person. Oh, my God. I counted all the plastic boxes. I've got about 10. That doesn't even include that I've kept in the shoe boxes. Yeah, I'm obsessed with shoes. How did you not know? Maybe it's just not come up. Yeah. No, I guess not. I guess. Yeah. We've just not discussed shoes. <laughs> yeah, I'm slightly <laughs> obsessed with shoes. But wait, so how many pairs would that be, roughly, you think? We're talking hundreds. Mm, yeah. What? Yeah, about 500 pairs. Okay. Oh, I mean, my I'm... God! <laughs> it's like heels, trainers. Other shoes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, there's so many shoes. How do you decide what shoes to wear? I used to have a whole shoe rack for work, in work, uh, but now it just is just Doc Martens and trainers, really, isn't it? Because where do you really go? What's the secret life of yours that we have? I know. When once it's all sorted, I'll I'll send you a picture, please. Um, yes. and, uh, we can put it on Instagram on the podcast page. If <gasps> oh my god, we can! We can show our shoe collection. I have one pair of trainers that I like wear every day. And they're actually disgusting, so I need to buy another pair. Mm. I have one pair of heel boots, one pair of flat boots. Actually, I have three pair of shoes. Do you not have, like, a flat... You just described two boots there. No shoes. No, I'm not really into, like, shoes that's not boots or trainers. Okay. (laughs) That's my two categories of Um. shoes. Okay, I'm I'm not as bad as head big. Or I'm, an, I'm, I'm like the Goldilocks in this situation of, I don't want to call myself the perfect amount. This has gone weird. I, I don't know why I brought Goldilocks into it at all. Um, I don't know how many I have. Definitely more than Hedvig. I only really ever wear my Doc Martens. And in the summer, my Doc Martens sandals. And that's about it, really. Okay. So, well, we've talked maybe more than I thought we were going to. So Hedvig and I are fine. Shall we discuss the movie? we watched the matrix which is a film i've only seen once apart from yesterday so it's a film i've seen twice came out in 1999 was directed written and produced by lana and lenny wachowski who i think are our first trans directors or of anything that's very nice and i know with i meant to do some reading on this to be prepared and do research but then I had a nap at work instead and I've been very tired. So I have not, but I've 
I feel like one or both of them have said that the Matrix is a trans like allegory, mm. but I haven't read into that, so I don't know enough about that. Yeah, but I could see that with like sort of separating your mind and your physical body and living in sort of a data generated self, you know, mm. like that whole thing. I could definitely see that. Um, yeah. Yeah. There was also a lady who wasn't Lana or Lily called Carol Hughes, who was on the producer team as well, which is fun. Who would anyone like to have a go at explaining what this film is about? We tried together. Okay. So it's about, oh my God, I, I've got the. <laughs> He's like, fucking get on with it. <laughs> so it's about a group of people who have realized that they. No. I think really the Matrix. Okay, I think it's the Matrix is a post-apocalyptic film about the uh, fall of the human race in this war with AI machines, and in this war, the AI machines have created this world for humans to live in because they need to feed off their bodies to be able to live. Yeah. So the Matrix is yeah. Well done, Hedwig. Oh my god. Didn't even occur to me to say post-apocalyptic or to mention the AI. (laughs) (laughs) I hate describing these films. Every week I'm like, I don't know, it's a film about people and they do a thing and oh. I I think it is interesting with The Matrix though, because I remember from watching it for the first, like way back, uh, not when it came out, I think it was too young when it came out, but maybe when I was a teenager. And then thinking, oh, it's like a digital techie film. But now when I watched it, I was like, it's actually like, it's more about, you know, I mean, it is obviously a lot about technology, but it's more about how, once again, the post-apocalyptic, like how the humans have treated the earth and how we have been sort of falling on our own sword a bit, which I think I missed a lot when I watched it when I was a teenager, because then I was just like, oh my God, it's so cool. And didn't understand half of it. Now, I guess I thought a lot more about the psychology behind the why the matrix exists, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah, also, I was very also intrigued this time about the world, the real world Mm. that is not the matrix, because it's so well made. I thought about that so much that it's incredible that this film is like 20 years old. Mm. It just looks so contemporary, I think. I mean, maybe the VFX is not like amazing or whatever, but still, I think it holds up really well. I watched it again in lockdown, you know, when lockdown first happened. Mm. It was just really poignant at the time because you're like, well, fuck, like anything could be happening. And everyone was saying, are you going to, especially around COVID, that it's not real? Are you going to take the red pill or the blue pill? Are you going to believe it all? But you know what? You're like, it could so happen, couldn't it? Like, we've just been told that our whole world's turned upside down, but who's to say, like, it's real? It's not like a computer. Basically, essentially, The Matrix is a massive computer game, isn't it, that the AIs use to feed off humans? And Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So how do we know it's happening? But I'd quite happily, I'd quite happily just live, which is the Matrix world. Would you take the blue pill and live on in the Matrix? Uh, I'd probably just, yeah, just want an easy life. So, you know, when I, I was, that was one of my questions, like, which pill would we take? And I also was like, gosh, would I just want to, because I feel, I mean, it's not great, obviously, that your body's being used and you're being fed off of to whatever the AI want. But also, 
if you just think you're in your real life, then uh, maybe it's, I don't know. I think I'd be like, I'm very tired. I can't be bothered. Just put me back. <laughs> I think that's exactly what I like. I'm like, I'm having a tired week. So like this week, nah, I'm happy. I'll happily sleep in that. Yeah. <laughs> that little egg yeah. <laughs> yeah like if my life right now is my matrix life then I feel like I feel all right in my life so yeah. I don't I'm fine just no it's okay it sounds like it will be much worse where I, where my actual body is it's a lot worse I don't need to know about that just leave yeah. me here it's fine yeah I'll be okay I wonder yeah I was thinking about that a lot because obviously it's a, it, the main plot centers around the main character Neo which in the matrix or which you think is the real world in the beginning he sort of uncovers more and more about that something is up with the world and that something is wrong and then he gets sort of drawn into um the unveiling of what is actually real and what is not and gets offered the red or the blue pill which basically would take him either to the real world and he would then fight against this AI takeover of the world and the matrix, the system, the computer game, or he would live on in the matrix if he takes the blue pill. I'm, I'm curious what it is with all these rebels or the people that break and lose from the system, what it is that makes them think that something's up with the world what it is like, I, I can't remember if that's being said in this film or if it's something from this documentary project I'm working on. This, this is something completely different, but I'm working on a feature documentary with a lot of um, emerging creative talent in, in, in across 12 countries in Africa. And wow. yeah, it's actually a really cool project. Uh, it will come out in November. I will share it with you then. Yes, please do. But one of the, a musician, he says that something bigger have put something i mean i think he refers to god he says something like a bigger being is a bigger thing has put this in some people put this vision or notion that something is up and that makes that something is up with the world and that makes them into creatives or politicians or activists and that's sort of how I think a bit about the Matrix as well, that that is like, I don't know, maybe he's just like some sort of Neo is like super aware and super, you know, um, maybe not aware because he is, I mean, in the beginning, he's a bit stupid. <laughs> he has a lot of curiosity there, I think. Yeah, which... Curiosity is the word. Yeah, there's just something which makes you go, hmm, yeah. what is happening? Which I don't really have, to be honest. Do you no. think that's because he's, he's the one or or is that just a coincidence that he's the one because he is curious i think the whole conception of the one is like fake mm. i but think sorry. yeah sorry yeah. no i think be just because i think it's him believing i think it's more about him believing i think they say that in the film as well it's not my clever thinking they say like it's by believing something you become it or like you can you know and that's how he unlocks this you know, extra abilities and can sort of hack into the matrix code with his brain and stuff. But this is where, this is why, because when I was watching it with Tom, I was thinking the same, but then I was thinking, well, what's stopping, what was the main character's guy, the, the, the black guy? Morpheus. Yeah, what's stopping Morpheus from doing that or from um, 
Uh, why can't I remember anyone's name? Shall I quickly go through the characters that we have to discuss? Oh, yeah. not? So we have Trinity, who's, I guess, I know she's not just the love interest, but she falls in love with Neo throughout the film. We have a character called Switch, who I think is played by a female actress, but uh, who I feel like could easily be non-binary because they look incredibly androgynous. Their name is Switch, which suggests like gender fluidity, maybe. I mean, feel like for 1999, that might have been too soon. But given the Wachowskis coming out as trans, I, I, yeah, I just thought Switch was quite interesting. And then the intersectional side, we have Morpheus, who's like the leader of these, um, I guess they're rebels. We have Oracle, who's um, a black woman who is an Oracle and can see the future. Um, we have Tank and Dozer, who are both black men who are on the team as part of the rebels. And then we have Apoc, who is Polynesian. So there are a lot of characters in this film who aren't white men, but yet yeah, it's the white man who is the chosen one or the one who is made to believe that he can be more than, rather than like the white woman or the black man who are obviously very capable and more knowledgeable than Neo could have done this already if they were able. I don't know. It was yeah. Well, that's a bit that doesn't make any sense to me because also Morpheus was trying to find you because he was told he's the one. But then, but then by the end of it, you're like, well, he's not the one, but he thinks he's the one, mm-hmm. so therefore he is the one. Like, well, that is interesting also because I feel like Morpheus has a lot of belief in the Oracle because basically all of these rebels goes to see the Oracle mm-hmm. when they have awoken. And I think, I mean, it's never really sort of said or like they don't really say it out loud what Morpheus actually was told by the Oracle. But I guess she said, the one will come, the prophecy will be fulfilled, you're going to wait for him, something like that. And I think Mm -hmm. that just put, like, he believes it so much. I think that that makes him not believe that he could be the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But then she also tells Neo he's not the one. And that's where I'm like, why would Morpheus still believe that? And why would Neo then sort of start believing in it? But I guess it's because he sort of dies and then wakes up. I don't don't know. Maybe she sees that Morpheus could never believe that he's the one. Like maybe she just can see that he, regardless of what happens, he's never able to believe that of himself maybe. Whereas with Neo, she sees that he could. He's a bit more full of himself. Yeah. I don't know, but it was, yeah, I think I wrote down a few times, like why is it that white men are always the chosen ones? (laughs) Or always like the important ones that everyone's been waiting all this time for? Because I was trying to think of like chosen one tropes where it's not a white man. And granted, was mostly like Harry Potter and King Arthur that I could think of off the top of my head <laughs> as being the chosen ones. Even in like superhero films, up until like Black Panther and you know the Ten Rings film, it's made, it has always been assumed that they're white. Even like the agents, they're all white, all white men. Yeah. AI is with white men controlling the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't even picked up on that. Although I guess maybe because when we were watching it, I remember saying to Lee, like, why have if the AI could create any world that they want, why have they created this world where there's still crime, where people are still poor and living in poverty? Like, if, surely if they want to keep people subdued, 
it would make more sense for them to be happy and to be having a joyful existence. And then at the end of the film, they obviously say, we tried that and people didn't believe it. So mm. I don't know whether the Wachowskis would have thought this far through, but maybe it's more believable to have the white men being the power, powerful like enforcers and law enforcers in the society, because that reflects our current society still. Mm. Um, can I interrupt with something? No. Uh, Keanu Reeves, his dad is native Hawaiian. Oh yeah. And his grandmother is Chinese Hawaiian. Oh yeah, I forget that he was born in Beirut. Mm, yeah. Yeah, so he's he's definitely okay. So I'll give you that. I guess what I'd say is that he he's definitely white passing, I guess is what I'd say. Yeah, he's not like I mean, I don't know. But then then like where does it end? What's to, you know, you can't, do you have to be all black to be diverse? Do you know what I mean? Like where Yeah, do you I know what you mean. Well? I don't know whether it's it's just because if, like, he feels like a very safe, diverse casting. I mean, I'm sure that wasn't their thought process behind it. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder what, what whether he'd see himself as being, like, mixed race or... Like what he thinks about that, whether he's yeah. thank you, Lee, for that interjection. You are right. I forgot that Keanu is part Hawaiian, part Chinese. But the but the point still stands, whether he's white or not, that why couldn't it have been Trinity or um Morpheus? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I guess if you were gonna look at people visually. Keanu would look more like a saviour figure mm. through what society considers. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That felt like a thorny... <laughs> it's like, I don't know how to say this without sounding rude or weird, but but I do think it was interesting that the AI were like, yeah, no one believed it when we had it being this perfect world. And I was wondering whether that's because that there's something in our psyches that expects danger to be lurking around every corner because if you okay to go into like anthropology stuff because I guess if we think about our ancestors always kind of moving around and having to be aware of dangers a lot more than we are now and that's still affecting like our modern mm. lives like in terms of anxiety and things like that I wonder whether if everything was perfect we then start to notice more that something's not right this doesn't seem right because there's nothing there that's worrying and that's always been there does that make any sense it does my only question was going to be how did they know that people didn't believe it because they're meant to be they don't know do they they don't know it's not real yeah like that's a good point like how so obviously we see that morpheus and his group crew gang they wake up neo but who who was the first one like was it just that there were three people because there were some people who were born rather than made. So, like, was there someone who was made that just woke up? Like, does it get to a point where you don't believe this world enough and you wake up? They didn't really explain that. Have you have you seen the second Matrix film? Oh, not for many years. Yeah, I was going to say once, but, like, nearly a decade yes. ago. I think some of this are explained in that one. I think in terms of the, the whole thing about, like, people not believing in the programme... I think that is like, then people would notice more that the world 
is fake that is something is up like that would awaken more people but it's also hinted in the second film i don't know how much i should spoil but okay i'll go for it but basically in the second film this war on the ai continues and you sort of get at the end that this is not the first time it's been a one okay so it's happened in like cycles where there's like a one has come forth and trying to crash the matrix and have succeeded but the ai have built it up again so this has happened like six times already and i think neo is like the fifth or the sixth the right right that makes more sense then yeah because then i would assume like from when the ai sort of take took over there must have been like a small fraction of the human race still sort of fighting on and like on the side and then that sort of i guess and they were sort of working on awakening people and that's how i think i'm assuming the cycles would have started with like it's just it is just like human nature though isn't it everything cyclical like you everything everyone thinks that the status quo is fine like for example everything like obama was elected everything's fine but actually there's like a rebel faction that goes actually i'm not okay with this you're not okay with this and then you have a trump but that, that then it'll just all kind of resettle again and then it'll happen again won't it like oh random question hedwig do you know if there's any reason why switch was the only one wearing white because the others are all in black clothing mm. and she's not I was thinking and about that too, yeah. I didn't know whether there was any relevance to that or not. The only thing I could think of was that she's British. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only... She had a British accent. I didn't even pick up on that. I'm so bad with accents. That's the only thing I could think of why she was wearing white. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know whether it was... There was any intention behind it. Because all of her outfits were really... There was a lot of BDSM style outfits going on, which was fun. Also, they looked very cool, super uncomfortable and sweaty looking, though. Like at the beginning where Trinity's running away from the agents, I was like, that looks so unlikely in those trousers (laughs) and so uncomfortable and very impressed that she's able to do any of that. Yeah, but I think it's like, I think there's something in what you said about their like gender fluidity that they could have sort of passed as like between the different you know spec the spectra of gender um lee correct me if i'm wrong when you were looking things up yesterday you said that originally switch was meant to be male in the matrix i can't remember which way it was right yeah. yeah So it was meant to be like they did switch genders, but the Wachowskis felt like people weren't ready for that in the 90s or something along those lines. Um, Yeah, it says here, behind the scenes, the character was originally supposed to be male in one world and female in the other. Oh. Wachowski said that in an interview somewhere. That's That's why they look so different than everybody else in the Matrix. They were supposed to be, to look completely different from herself, himself. I thought it was really good to see like a black man being the one who's in charge and who's leading all of these characters and that he's the knowledgeable one. And there was a really fun moment where he said to Neo, you all look the same to me. But no, not to Neo, to the agent. Agent Smith, he said, you all look the same to me, which I was like, I don't know if they were meant for that to be like a 
a joke because that's what people say to people who aren't white or not I don't know but having a black man say that to a white man was quite funny whether intentional or not but there are also lots of moments where um like when oracle told neo um you'll have to choose to either for either you or morpheus are going to die and you have to choose who i was like oh it's interesting that this black man's life is now in the hands of this white man which is something that seems to happen Mm. a lot in society like obviously white people owning slaves and then like brutality of black bodies and that again like Morpheus doesn't have a choice in what happens it seems like it's down to Neo and what Neo decides to do and again with all of this I don't know if I'm reading too much into this no but it's it's interesting because there's a similar thing in the second matrix where it's about trinity like do you want to save her or do you want to save the human race or something like that and once again like she's in the hand like she's in the hands of him if she's going to survive or not i was thinking about trinity as a character as well because she's not i feel like first thing i don't i don't buy neo's and trinity's romance i think it feels very forced and i don't think they have any chemistry i feel like they feel they feel more like siblings than like a romantic relationship but that is just how mm-hmm. i perceive it then there's like funny bits with Trinity as well, where she's not very, I feel like she's not a very deep character. You don't really get to know her that much. But there's like moments, for example, when Neo meets her for the first time and he's like, you're Trinity, you hacked this in the system. I thought you were a man. And she was like, yeah, well, that's what people always think. Or like people always think that I'm a guy and stuff like that, which I thought was pretty fun. But it's, I, I feel like it's a shame because... I feel like she could have been more of a layered character than she is. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, she's very much a sidekick and like a beautiful woman. And also she's really good at fighting. It, yeah, it, and it, I think I wrote down that like, oh, it's a bit frustrating that she doesn't get to be the chosen one. She just gets to fall in love with the chosen one. Mm. And it does feel very forced because it seems like she was told by the Oracle that she would fall in love with this person mm-hmm. and that they would be the chosen one. And yeah it doesn't seem very organic because they don't seem to chat that much together <laughs> no no it just seems odd how she's fallen in love with him yeah, yeah. when would you do that it's like i know kiani's a very attractive po- man but like, yeah, i suppose they've been watching him in binary code haven't they mm. it's a bit creepy <laughs> yeah it is a bit weird it's also at the end when she kisses him i was like oh is also- that is it necessary is there any no. of that romantic love story necessary no. no I don't think it adds anything to the film because I felt like there was almost more more there between Neo and Morpheus and that Neo seemed to feel really strongly for Morpheus and not wanting him to die and that he's the man who awoke him to what's really happening in the world Mm. whereas I I don't think he gave the idea that he really cared about Trinity at all it's just at the end she's like you can't die I love you (laughs) but yeah I don't think the film needed it in any way shape or form like obviously this wasn't talked about as much in the 90s but now people talk a lot more about consent and about giving consent and what that means and I was wondering what you guys think about the end and how problematic it is or not that she kisses Neo without his awareness like while he has no control over his body he's unconscious in a way so she kisses him whilst he's in the matrix but she's not in the matrix yeah this thing i thought about as well with um what is the guy the evil guy's name cypher when 
Mm. He sort of came back to the real world and they were still down under, like all of them. And he walks around to Trinity and like touches her and it's like talking to her face. And then I was thinking about that so much. You're so exposed because you literally, you're like unconscious and you have zero control over what's happening to you because you can't, I mean, you, you don't even know what's happening there. And that I've, I thought was really uncomfortable mm. because then I was like, he could literally do anything. Yeah, and I didn't really like the fact that he was blaming, almost blaming her. Like, I was in love with you. You didn't notice. Mm. And he has come along. That's just unfortunate for you, mate. Like, it's not, <laughs> you know, a reason yeah. to blame her for defecting or whatever you're going to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think I was thinking more about consent in that scene than actually in the scene with Trinity Neal. Yeah, but I wonder whether that's because we're almost conditioned. It's okay when it's like a girl is doing it to a guy because it's sweet and it's romantic and she's in love with him. Mm. But like when the guy does it to the girl, it's like threatening. Yeah. Because yeah. really he or he did like touch her face, but he didn't actually kiss her or touch her inappropriately, mm. whereas she did actually kiss Neo. But you're right, I found the bit with Cypher a lot creepier and more disturbing because of that sort of awareness of you know rape culture and things like that whereas with her I didn't I was just kind of like oh hang on like if this were the other way around this would mm. be very mm-hmm. not cool yeah definitely and yeah just I wonder whether it was ever meant to be again like we've been watching a lot of the movies that made us that are on Netflix and it's made me a bit more aware of things because I think when we think about films being made you just think about like, well, this is how the director wanted it. So everything in the film is what they chose. And we don't think so much about like the people who are paying for the movie to be made and what they want and the people distributing it. So I wonder whether they were whether they said that they wanted there to be some romance because that's what people want in films. Because hmm. it feels shoehorned in. Yeah, it does. But then I'm wondering because if you look, I'm thinking about have you watched Sense8? Mm, yeah no I haven't so good. good it's so good it's so good and I'm thinking that is sort of very centered around love and connecting with people and romance so I was thinking a lot about that watching this that I was like that's probably something they would have wanted in there but maybe there wasn't just enough time because there had to be a lot of action and a lot of shooting and you know fighting because it was that kind of movie that was sold in but that maybe they wanted an element of romance still there and like people connecting somehow and then it just had to be done this way to sort of yeah fit but I was thinking also one thing oh my god I'm all over the place but the fighting in this film is so good I was thinking about that so much every fighting scene like it's usually I'm not like so big on you know big action fighting films like I went to see the new Bond film and I sort of fell asleep after like an hour Um, I've fallen asleep during Skyfall when I went to see that in the cinema yeah (laughs) I think it's also like I think it wasn't you know Bond either it's your cup of tea or not Mm. It's, it's not really my cup of tea like amazing production value like some really cool sets and scenes and all of that but I was thinking about that so much because that is so such an unsophisticated way of fighting whilst in the matrix it's like dance it's like so choreographed Mm -hmm. and beautifully done it's almost camp 
it's so so like fine-tuned and beautiful and I also wondered why they choose that kind of kung fu fighting uh, rather than just like you know bashing each other yeah, up yeah because it's so yeah maybe not sophisticated but fu- like it's poetic isn't it poetic, yeah. yeah and also with that kind of fighting it's not brutal fighting like it's self-defense mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So it's not, the aim isn't to kill. I know they kill people, but the aim is to look after yourself rather than just kill for the sake of killing. And whereas James Bond is a lot more like... Nonsense to kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whereas this this was about actually you're protecting yourself in this world. Definitely. And I also like that it's not gory and vulgar in that sense it's yeah gratuitous with the violence Mm -hmm. yeah yeah because one thing i really did notice like when they're fighting trinity when they're fighting the woman they they still fight her like as equal there's no sexual like you know how some people go straight for like attempted rape or whatever it is or you know treat them differently there's nothing like that they just fight her as they fight everyone else. Mm. Yeah, because I guess for the AIs, they're just all human to them. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I did really like about Trinity is when she pulls rank on Neo and he's saying that he's going to go back in to rescue Morpheus and then she says she's going and he's like, no. She's like, no? Let me tell you what I believe. I was like, yeah, fuck (laughs) off, Neo. You've just joined this party. (laughs) Who are you to tell her that she can't come in to rescue Morpheus who she's known for far longer than you have? (laughs) And I like that she was like, no, 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 I'm going in. First of all, you can't do this without help. You need me. I was like, yeah, fool. So that was really cool. I like that she had that moment to be like, no, 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 no. Because I think she also said like, Morpheus isn't here, which means I'm in command now. Yeah. Which I quite liked. It Mm. felt like it put him in his place a bit, but he was like, no, I'm the chosen one I lead. He was like, no, (laughs) no, you don't. I don't really know. Again, it felt like we didn't get too much about her. Like, even if they had a scene where her and Neo were chatting, like, I don't know, like, even if it said to her, like, oh, when did this happen to you? Because do we even know how long she's been with Morpheus for? You don't really get much backstory on any other character than Neo, to be honest. I guess apart from maybe Tank and Dozer, who Neo notices they don't have that tube in the back of their neck. So Mm. one of them says, like, oh, yeah, we were born free which was, we obviously don't get to find out that much about this free, the free people. Mm. But I thought that was interesting that they were the two black characters who were, they weren't born as slaves. Mm. They were free. Mm. Um, Again, don't know whether there was anything in that or not. I think I went a bit extra because they're called the Zion community, aren't they? Mm -hmm. And that's a Jewish reference, isn't it? It's a community in Jew. Yeah, Zionism. Yeah. Yeah, is it yeah and so I was then then I was like I was going off on one and Tom had to tell me to like just stop because I was like oh are they trying to persecute the Jews again because they wanted access to the Zion community and he was like I think you're just reaching now but it's easy to do with this film because there's so many symbols mm. you're like is that what you know again is it the same thing of persecuting yeah you can read those into it because I, I also wrote down that like Neo and Trinity become literal white saviors in the film when they go to rescue Morpheus and I was like oh my god they are white saviors mm. so yeah I feel like it's a film where you could look at it from loads of different angles to see because I think 
Lee was saying that it is that it's a big religious kind of metaphor or it can be looked at in that way and that they literally at the start someone says to Neo like you're Jesus Christ or something because he's giving them the oh yeah the drugs yeah, yeah yeah well not the drugs the hard drive thing yeah and I mean also in the second film I feel like that becomes even more apparent because then it's like you then you get to see the sign community and they have like this they call their big hall like the temple they have you know they wear these same like outfits like red outfits and I feel like that is a lot more than about sort of the hierarchy within the community and it feels also that it has a lot of sort of religious connotations mm. um, to it. The other thing that I might be reading too much into and I don't know whether this is a trope or whether I'm making it up but I feel like often when people of colour are in films they can often be like the spiritual guide and leader and that they're not what the story is about they're helping what's usually the white or half white in this case character get to where they're going and I, I thought it was interesting that Oracle is the only black woman in the film I thought exactly the same and because it's you always find like the black older and more experienced woman mm-hmm. tends to be the voice of wisdom and the voice of reason and the oracle yeah I thought exactly the same yeah because I even felt like even with Morpheus a little bit he was trying to like encourage Neo to see the truth and guide him on this path to being the one um, I mean he even says at some point like all I'm offering is the truth nothing more and I was like hmm, that's intriguing like obviously happy that the whole cast isn't just white but interesting that I guess as we were saying like the black people in the film can't be the chosen ones they're just the spiritual guides but they can be they're just not for this well yeah I guess yeah they can all be Mm. speaking of oracle though I I think I like how her character is portrayed that she's not because she's like when you hear about the oracle first you see like some kind of floating meditating you know god figure but then I sort of liked how human she was and how you know she had all the kids waiting for her in the lobby and she felt very sort of down to earth like a relatable character I think yeah not as not as something weird or otherly but very relatable and normal in a sense yeah she was just like the little old lady making cookies in the corner not not like a Dalai Lama in like robes and yeah exactly oh my god it's so annoying that I watched the second film because now I just want to talk about that you know did bug me a little bit you know the child that's spending the spoon yeah and they're meant to be I'm assuming he's meant to be like a monk type Mm. it really bugged me that he was a white boy yeah (laughs) and because I was thinking oh like they could have just had a boy from like Tibet or you know someone from that part of the world to demonstrate that I mean Mm -hmm. there's not obviously you can get white Buddhists and whatever but yeah it just felt a bit appropriation Mm, Um, but again it could have just been me looking into it too deeply but then also, like, did it need to be a monk? Could yeah. it have just been, if they, if they just wanted a kid? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. It's, yeah. I was just giggling on my phone because I realised I did not pay attention at all to if the film passed 
the Bechdel test. Oh, it didn't? In any way. Well, so there's been a lot of discussion on the Bechdel test movie list about whether or not it does. A lot of people disagreeing with a lot of other people because some people feel like Switch and Neo extracting the bug from Neo's belly, they talk to each other and that passes, but other people disagree because they're talking about a man. I agree with the people who disagree. But um, someone did say that at some point Switch faces... Trinity and says, not like this, not like this, when she's about to die. Oh, my God. If we have to go reaching for it, <laughs> then it doesn't... That, no. no, it doesn't. Matter. Well, that was what someone else had... This is a, it's a really long thread of people talking I mean, about. I, I get it, but no. If you have... That is... That's not even a conversation. I don't know whether it has to be, though. I think it just has to be two women who are named characters talking to each other about something that isn't a man. I, I also didn't pay any attention to it passes the intersectional Bechdel test, but I know that Morpheus doesn't speak to Oracle at any point. I'm sure. But he speaks to the crew member. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. they talk to each other. Yeah, I think he definitely speaks to Tank and Dozer. Okay, so it does pass the intersectional Bechdel test, so. Disappointed about the female one. I, I do feel a bit disappointed in the female characters overall. Yeah, same. I think I was expecting in my mind that Trinity, I'd, I was expecting her to be quite a strong character and to come out feeling like she was really cool. And whilst I did like her, I did like that she she fought a lot in the film and that both her and Neo sort of take turns to help each other when they're fighting. So it's not like she seems not equal to Neo because I know he can do all that like bullet dodging stuff, but then obviously, but she seems like she's an incredibly good fighter. So that was great, but it, it did all feel quite one-dimensional. But then I guess it felt like a lot of the characters were like that. Well, on the face of it, it looks great, doesn't it? Because you've got a black lead character, you've got a female mm. fighter, and then you've got Nia. But actually, when you watch it, it's all around one person. Yeah, I agree. Because it could have just been that whilst the story centred around him, it's just that he's the latest one to have been awakened and joined them. And then I think he didn't necessarily need Oracle to be in it because she didn't need to be there to see that he was the one. And then you'd have had more time to flash out the other characters and to find out, you know, about them and about their journey and all this. Mm. Don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed the film a lot. I loved watching it yesterday. It was a little bit frustrating that I kept having to, like, look away to write stuff down because I just wanted to sit and watch it. But I was like, oh, no, you need to have things to talk about tomorrow other than just, yes, it was fun. I really liked the film. <laughs> Okay, should we rate the film then? Unless anyone has anything else they wanted to say. Have we talked about their outfits? Um, I mentioned that there's a lot of like BDSM mm. style, like a lot of leather, PVC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just going to say, in terms of that, I was just thinking about body diversity and the lack of, and I know it was made at a time when skinny was like in and what was aimed for, but yeah, those outfits have no like, no, no hiding or no give yeah so um, yeah. and and also like disability diversity again very little but that was the, the only two things the other thing I did notice is when um Neo first meets Trinity you see a, sh- a shot from behind Trinity and you see her back and she just looks incredibly skinny like you could see all of the bones of her spine and her shoulder blades and Obviously, you know, skinny people exist. That's absolutely fine. But I was just a bit like, oh, wow, she's tiny. Mm. The only thing I guess I'd say about the body diversity, not that I want to support 
there not being diversity. But I guess there is that whole thing where um, Neo has to have his muscles built back up because they've wasted away. Mm -hmm. So I guess because they're lying in their pod things, they'd be expected to be really skinny. No, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But like the guys were muscly, the other guys. I did like the outfits though. Like they seemed so impractical, but then they almost seemed to be comically impractical because Morpheus was wearing those glasses with oh, no Oh, they're arts. like brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to put my glasses on now. Yeah. Um, but I have to say, when I watched the film, I was very inspired and I made my own leather jacket. <gasps> Look at you! It's it's a new not skin real the leather. Cow and like tan the leather. Not, and... not real leather, like fake leather jacket, like long. Yeah. Amazing. How did you make it? Because, well, how? I just used a sewing machine. My mum and dad couldn't afford to buy me anything like that. So I just got my, my dad used to own a factory, a clothing factory. So I got him to get me the material and I just made it. <gasps> Yeah. That's awesome. I know. I wish I'd kept it. I wish I'd thrown it away. Oh, I mean, not that it would fit me right now. Like, it wouldn't go over one boob, but still. <laughs> uh, I mean, um, I'm always on the look for the perfect long You do pop. love. Actually, actually, your look is very inspired, Hedwig, by the Matrix. <laughs> Your long leather. Yes. Yes. I think me might have made a joke about that when we all last met up in person because <laughs> I think I slapped him and was like, "Leave her big alone." Okay. Anyway, should we rate the show, <laughs> film, not show? <laughs> but like our show. Rate the show. <laughs> what do you guys think our podcast is? Out of ten, let's go. I feel like maybe a two for the ladies side of it. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm so biased because I love this film, so I just want to give it like a really. <laughs> <laughs> well maybe a three then because like trinity is badass cheers i'm happy with a three a three a three yeah i feel like three is fair because we we don't get a lot of depth for the characters she is great at fighting and but she is also then used as a love interest and oracle's fair and it's kind of cool but it doesn't feel like there doesn't feel like there's much substance to them maybe two and a half yeah okay it's two and a half and then the intersectional side i don't know that either being a film in the 90s i feel like it has a very diverse cast yeah i'd agree Mm. at least for the rebels because we were saying the agents are all white but then maybe that makes sense don't know yeah exactly Um, and morpheus i do really like that he's in charge that he's the leader and no one questions his leadership throughout the film no, he's badass. Mm. The only thing that I think I was going to say is that he's very calm throughout the whole film. And I wonder if that's to do with fighting this idea of being, you know, society often views black men as being very dangerous and scary and whether his calmness was a way of fighting that. I don't know. Again, mm. probably reading too much into it. But he never seems angry at any time. It doesn't seem to raise his voice that much. Or He's very, he's very chill. Yeah, yeah. he's very chill. Even when he's like been captured and tortured, he still seems quite calm. Mm. Mm. Maybe a three. I was going to say a three because then, yeah, because they show them all in different like lights as well, don't they? They're not their normal no. stereotypes that you would see. Mm. No, they're not, and they're all very competent. Like all of them have roles to play on the ship or yeah. as the oracle, and everyone, no one questions them. They're all treated as equals. It seems mm. like. Maybe mm. we should just give it a six overall, round up the two and a half to a six. Yeah. Um, not to a six, you know what I mean. Yeah. I think that's fair, really. 
Oh, so Matrix gets six out of 10. Not bad. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the new one scores. So maybe we'll revisit. I don't know if we'd bother doing two and three. Not going to lie to you guys. I don't know if I can be bothered to do four Matrix films. But you never know. Maybe we'll see. Thank you very much to Aman and Hedvig for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome. Um, if you want to let us know what you think of The Matrix, are you excited about the new one coming out? Uh, will we be a bit harsh about Trinity? Is she better than we say? Um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Real Feminism. That's real spelled R-E-E-L. Um, and I think all that's left for me to do is say a big thank you to Lee for doing all of the work for the podcast, <laughs> apart from the actual being on it verbally. And thank you very much to Sandra for doing the music you hear at the beginning and end of this podcast and for creating our website because Sandra's been making a website for us, which is really sweet because it's a birthday present to me, which is just really nice. I've got so many nice people in my life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so thank you to have that too. And we will be back in your ears in two weeks' time. Or we're going to talk about Stardust, which I haven't seen in a very long time. So it'll be interesting to see if that holds up. But until then, bye. Bye. Bye.